Welcome back to another 2020 edition of the Ascension Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Cannon, director of Team Film Basketball and owner and director or creator of Ascension Sports Consulting. On this week's episode, just want to play a little more catch up on this week's events and uh, kind of current status of college basketball, coaches on the hot seat, uh, coaches that will be looking at a big payout at the end of the season, some recruiting news, kids that are still available, kind of some updates, and then just some overall advice for parents just based on the experience going into another travel ball season, finishing up high school season, um, and just kind of navigating the course for you, just kind of lay the lay of the land. So I'll probably start off this episode with that information just because I think it's very important as high school season is coming to a conclusion especially for the private schools. February is usually state and you know national championships in February. For public schools, generally the most of those guys finish and ladies finish mid to late March, uh, which doesn't leave a big turnaround time between high school and travel basketball. So this window is critical between now and the start of travel ball season when it refers to recruiting. So. Parents, first thing I want to just tell you is, again, as adults, a lot of times we want things more than our kids because we've lived and we we want our kids to maximize their journey, whether it's basketball, football, academics, whatever the case may be. We want them to be recognized as the best because in our eyes, we always see them as the best. My biggest recommendation for you as a parent obviously everybody wants their child ranked to be recognized and so forth so on but make sure that your child is ready in the case that it does happen and the reason why I say that is I've seen some kids that are great kids be ruined by adults putting a bullseye target on the kid's back that he has it in, in turn return has to live up to and those same adults fall back when things don't pan out exactly how they thought it was and so now you have a kid who knows his own limitations trying to live up to the expectations to those who don't have to play or put the ball in the hole so make sure whatever you're asking for for your son or daughter they can handle the kid I like to use the most is seventh woods we competed against seven got the known seven since he was probably fifth or sixth grade awesome kid like it'd be hard pressed to find another kid in college basketball with the character that kid has with the ability to, to, to match but he jumped on the scene so early sixth seventh grade he was this national phenom rightfully slow so like phenomenal athlete phenomenal ball handler you know could just do a lot of things on the basketball court but once he became ranked it was one of those things of once somebody puts you as top 25 they then anticipate you moving from top 25 to top 15 from top 15 to top 10 from top 10 to top five and from top five to number one and to do that it takes a lot of consistency it takes a lot of right decisions being made by the adults in his in his life. 
And it, it just is a lot of pressure involved in that situation. Seventh Neville was a bad basketball player, and he still isn't. But the expectations that were set on this kid, not too many people could live up to that type of hype and constant scrutiny to become more than what he already is. Being in a top 100 kid nationally in any sport is already an achievement within itself. But people like the stardom, people like the, the ego of it. And nine times out of 10, it's not the kid that likes that feeling, it's the parents or the, the AAU coach or the high school coach or the handler, the trainer, because those people receive some type of clout from having that kid associated with them. Parents, make sure there's nobody clout chasing off your own son, which in return adds unneeded stress to his journey. The goal for that kid to be should be to be the best player he can be, attain that college scholarship, but that's what the goal is. And everything else will fall into place. The rankings, I obviously believe in wanting to be ranked. Uh, as, as an athlete, who wouldn't want to see that name listed as one of the top people in the country? If there was a ranking for the top teachers in America, all the teachers would want to be on that list. If there were a top list of the doctors. So it's not just a sports thing. If somebody was able to rank all of those things, obviously the human nature is you want to be a part of it and you want to be at the top of that list. But as a child trying to compete, so much has to go right. There's a lot of political content that and variables that uh, affect those rankings. And I'm, I'm talking more so about the national rankings. Certain programs are gonna hold more, more weight than others. So parents, you got to be willing to go play for one of those programs. High school programs play a big determining factor. If a kid goes to Oak Hill and plays for a shoe sponsored team, for instance, there's a more better chance that that kid can become a top 100 player because one, Oak Hill is going to play a national schedule against other nationally ranked players for four you know years or depending if you go high school or post grad. And when you play with a shoe sponsored team, it's more likely that you're going to play a national schedule where more the national media can see you against more national talent. With the the problem with parents and adults in these kids' lives, they don't realize that and they just think, well, I can play on small town travel ball team, small town high school team, and not play in any exposure events against top talent. Like you there's a lot of events and tournaments that list themselves as, you know, all the elite talent's gonna be here, exposure tournaments gonna be here, whatever. Well I'm telling you right now if the national media is not there then it's almost as if it didn't happen. So you could play a, a top key. You could be from Greensboro, play for a non-sponsored team, play a sponsored team, and your child could actually do very well against one of those teams. But if no one is there to write about it, that holds a weight, holds votes with ESPN, etc., it's almost as if it didn't matter. So just understanding the politics behind it, your son just can't always go out and earn that top 100. Like, to me, Shaquille Moore is a top 100 kid. No question about it. 
but his nas his name didn't get national until probably over the last I don't know six months or so seven months he became a regional kid but if you look at the kid's talent he's committed to uh power five conference and what he does on the floor like his eye he's an absolute top 100 kid but there's a lot that has to line up for that to happen people have to politic for you work for you the whole nine yards you know he played with cp3 last year it was a down year for those guys so i don't know if they received the coverage that they normally receive last year the recruiting calendars changed and all this stuff so it was just kids got affected by it but when you look at talent like there's no question the kids top 100 to me there's no question josh hall was was he ever a top 100 kid it just happens so parents just understand that you can gripe on twitter you can gripe on facebook but my biggest thing i wanted to tell you is look you can't control those situations don't make your kid feel like they're not successful because they're not listed on the rankings that you want them to be listed on for your own personal satisfaction the satisfaction is going to come from seeing your child achieve on and off the court be around good people the experiences of traveling being around his friends being around good coaches seeing the world and having his parents with him that's the part he's going to remember if i asked you right now for a million dollars who the number eight player was in the 2016 class you couldn't tell me so just understanding that the long-term ramification of these rankings is more of a validation and i get it but when your kid signs that national letter of intent that's all the validation you need because once you sign that national letter of intent your son or daughter has to go and play at the next level and earn his validation all over again. There's a lot of kids that are ranked that it just doesn't pan out. And part of that again is choosing the right school, choosing the right fit, choosing the right conference to to use your skill set to be successful. So again, it's not whether your kid is talented enough, it's whether you chose the right high school to play for, the right travel team to play for, commit to the right college. You know, all that stuff has to line up for a lot of opportunities to happen. So parents, understand going into this travel ball season. Enjoy this high school season first. Travel ball, choose the program, whether they shoe sponsored or not. Um, make sure that you're playing. If your goal is to go to college, make sure they're playing in live events where there's actually going to be coaches at. Um, make sure that development is a part of the process but at the end of the day choose somewhere that fits whatever aligns with your goals and understand you have to play you you, you need playing time you, nobody's giving scholarships to kids who don't play so go somewhere where you're going to get get to play that's your primary focus you know best case scenario is i always tell parents don't be the first if you plan with a for a coach your recruitment slow and he's never put anybody in school or don't have the connection, it's probably not a good idea. If you're a kid that's just super talented, you already got some recruitment. To be honest, if coaches are already on you, they're gonna go wherever you're at. So whether it's shoe circuit or not, they're gonna come watch you play if they're truly interested. Um, if you're a kid that doesn't have anything percolating right now, you have to determine whether that's because you lack exposure or you just have some areas of your game that you need to work on before you're seen as a college prospect. So 
parents, don't put any more unneeded attention on your kid. Griping on Twitter has never changed anything. It really makes you look bad. It makes the kid look bad because now you're creating a, a track record or a resume for yourself as a parent that you can't be content. Um, I follow Twitter and see parents who kids have offers. Um, but you can tell in their mind just from reading the tweets and the comments that are made that they feel like their son deserves more, deserves better. And it could be true. Yoki kids should, might be sized by position, talent, production. It just is what it is. You can't offer your son or daughter a scholarship because you think they're good enough and you can't choose the level at which they play at. If you have a scholarship, show those schools those attentions unless you plan on going JUCO and really, you know, getting it out the mud that way. Um, if you feel like the offers on the table aren't what you want, I would recommend going to a top JUCO. JUCO is a preferred destination for a lot of the Power 5 conferences. Because if you can get it done in JUCO, case in point, Rudy Williams, you're going to come out with power files fighting over you. But you have to do two years of JUCO. And that's two years of your college experience that you don't get, but you're going to come out and you're going to be playing right away for two years. So you have to decide which route you want to go. But complaining on Twitter is not going to do it. Um, parents, I know you, I see a lot of parents trying to help their kids in recruiting. Tagging videos on Twitter probably not going to do it um, because there has to be some type of relationship. The way it works is a lot of times schools will contact me even before I started Ascension and say, hey, Fred, you know, who's a we need a 6'4 combo guard that can do X, Y and Z. Do you know anybody in the state or anybody that we should be looking at? Just based on my reputation over the years, they'll value my opinion on that. But just blindly searching on Twitter isn't going to get your child the notoriety or the recruitment that you're looking for. Somebody's going to have to make a call to get coaches to actually come see your kid or at least review the film and give an honest assessment. That's the biggest thing for them to do. So don't be afraid to ask for help if your parents. Don't be afraid to ask for more from your high school coaches, your travel ball coaches, because it does take a lot of work to warrant it. Now, I can be honest, like once you get one offer, it usually starts to snowball. The, the, the press on your kid's name starts to increase and more schools will begin to reach out. But still, that timetable is going to be different for every player. So, you know, take your time with the process. Don't feel rushed, but also don't be disrespectful to the schools that have already offered you. And by constantly reaching out for more, just, just let, let your son or daughter do that thing and whatever's on the table is on the table take one of those or go juco um or prep you know you can go to a prep school see what they can do for you but again you delaying opportunity it is opportunity to bet on yourself because if you prep go juco any of those things and get hurt then you're still not going to end up at the school that you were chasing so just understand the process chill out on Twitter and keep your profile as a parent you're not a recruiting expert and your biggest job is just to be a, a parent you know and I understand the concern is you don't want your kid to be disappointed but 
a lot of times the kid is disappointed because they're looking at your reaction to what they already have. They may feel like they they've achieved something and you diminish that achievement by downgrading what they already have or what the schools are already recruiting. So or the ranking that they're already at. So celebrate your child's accomplishments. Everything else will work itself out. Uh, Whatever is meant to be will be and it'll be on the table. So just wanted to hand that advice out to you as you go into this spring season. I know a lot of programs are recruiting right now, the whole nine yards. Don't make a decision based off of shoes and book bags. Don't make a decision based off of schedule necessarily. Find out if your son or daughter is going to play, how much they're going to play, how many kids are on the team, how many kids are going to school from that program. Ask those questions. That's that's because that's what you're spending money for. That's what you're traveling, all that good stuff. Like, just ask the questions, the real questions, not because your your buddy's playing over here. Oh, I like, you know, my wife and his wife are good friends, so we're gonna go like. Choose it for a real basketball reason. Find your right fit and and go chase it. And you understand that even with all of that, your kid can still not receive a scholarship offer. So, you know, just do what's right for you and your family. It's never personal, but you only get one time to go through this with your child. You get to see the disappointment or happiness on your child's face. Make sure that you do whatever it is that lines up with your kid being as happy as possible because the the happier the kids are, the better they perform. I don't care what shoes, book bag, circuit, whatever. Like If your kid's not playing, none of that's going to make them feel better. So make sure they're in a the great opportunity, great spot. And from there, you know, make the best decision for you and your family and just roll with it. Be consistent with it because you only got three live periods with your travel ball team. You got to maximize April is crazy important. Kill it. May comes through. That's more so just for the organizations. just kind of getting better at competing. June, you right back with your high school teams for all live periods for, I think, two weeks. Then you got the one live period in July and then the national the NCAA camp. So hopefully the NCAA camps are a little better this year, better run after getting one under their belt. And it provides more opportunity for more kids. College, I mean, high school coaches go ahead and be on the lookout for those emails coming in, I think, March, April. The deadline is May in order to recommend your players for the NCAA camp. So make sure you get that done. Parents, make sure they get it done. If they don't, your kid will be left out. And after last year, there's no reason for you to have any excuses as to why your kid didn't get selected for the NCAA camp. You know the process now. So make sure that you get on top of that now so you understand, you know, you, you make sure that your kid at least had a shot to be selected. The biggest news, you know, most recently, UNC Wilmington uh, released Coach C.P. McGrath as head coach. Uh, UNC Wilmington is on 11-game losing streak, uh, most recently to Elon, who's also rebuilding new staff. So I think it was just one of those things where – they just cut their losses early. And I just don't think it was a good fit naturally coming from UNC Chapel Hill to UNC Wilmington. It's two different uh, situations and obviously evaluating talent that fits UNC Wilmington and Carolina is two different ball games and the recruiting process that goes along with that. 
uh, obviously different. I think CB will land back in a Power Five conference as assistant for sure, uh, with the experience that he he brings to the table. Uh, all those years at Carolina and that type of deal, so he'll land on his feet. Hoping Coach Jack Emanuel and Rob Burke, uh, they will have a chance in the meantime to kind of show people what they can do. Hopefully, turn that thing around and kind of create opportunity for themselves either at Wilmington or somewhere else but C.P. McGrath has been relieved of his duty Coach Jay Joyner at A&T is out indefinitely um, on some type of suspension or some sort and uh, Coach Will Jones I think is about 3-1 and one or 4-1 and one as the interim head coach is doing a good job with those guys leading them into conference play it would be interesting to see what A&T does with that job I've always said that if I had opportunities to take a job outside of the ACC schools in North Carolina. I always felt UNC Charlotte and A&T were two of the better jobs to go and win that and have instant success as a new staff. So I think A&T would be an attractive option for a lot of outside coaches. Last time, I don't believe the school did a very thorough coaching search. Um, I think it was just kind of based on recommendation. But I would anticipate there being quite a few applicants for that job. And I think if they, if it ends up being that Coach Joyner doesn't return, then I think they'll have a lot of capable coaches in the in the in the interested in position. So, be interested to see how that goes. But those two jobs are already, I guess, technically open in North Carolina. It'd be interesting if there's any more coaching changes. Uh, as we progress, Danny Manning is one that a lot of people are paying close attention to. He obviously signed an extension, but there's still a lot of backlash and uneasiness from Wake Forest fans, alumni, about the state of the men's basketball program. So it'd be interesting to see how they play that out. Obviously, the hot name been associated with that job has been Wes Miller at UNCG, who has done a great job at that program. I think Wes is logically the next coach in, at Carolina if he shows he can go to another high major school and have success. But I think if he's capable coaching-wise, he's definitely that. Obviously, he's a former player, which usually plays a role in them filling that, that spot. And he's young enough to be there for you know a long time. So I think he lands another job before then, proves himself, and then goes there. But he may be able to get it done from UNCG today. I don't know how the university would. I would I would take him if I was Carolina and let him grow into the position. I think he would do a phenomenal job. He does a good job of recruiting. I think he does a great job evaluating talent that works for what he's trying to do with his teams. And, you know, he's assembled a great staff at UNCG. I don't know if he'd be able to take – uh, his current staff with him to a situation like that. But, you know, I think if he did, I think they could just transition right into that spot. Coach Andre Gray's been around the game for 20-plus years on the college level. Coach Lepore is definitely one of the, the rising stars as assistant coach and doing a great job with it. So it would be interesting how that, that situation plays out. But Carolina's obviously having a down year. Roy's not getting any younger. I don't think anything will happen, in, you know, right away. But just listening to Coach Williams talk and how this season is wearing on him, 
you know, I think obviously they have to start at least planning for the near future, three to five years from now. At some point, there's going to be a transition or a change in the guard, so to speak. Um, and you have to start identifying candidates early um, to try to make that happen. But I think if Wes Miller's the guy, I think you, I think you go ahead and kind of identify that and, and make it a priority to get that done. Uh, whenever Roy is ready to step away from it, so those, you know, those, that situation is definitely uh, dire down in UNC right now. I didn't really agree with how he assessed his team in the media. Uh, obviously, they're down, but a lot of stuff has contributed to that. Um, he is going to school early. Cole Anthony being hurt obviously plays a big role. But even with Cole Anthony, I still think the season would have been up and down. But they wouldn't, you know, I, I think some of the losses they've had recently, they probably would have won with Cole Anthony. Losing that kind of piece, I mean, he's responsible for 18, 19 points. Uh, and then just him making the game easier for Garrison Brooks and and Mondo, guys like that. Brandon Robinson uh, can now return, you know, to getting open looks as opposed to contested. A kid like Play Tech needs a, a playmaker you know, with the utmost urgency because it's hard for him to create his own shot. So I think Carolina just kind of eats this one. Uh, they got some good players coming in. I still think next year will be kind of up and down as well. But I think they need a class where there's not all one and dones in order to establish a better crop of juniors and seniors to rely on going into next year's season. So... Uh, it'd be interesting if they can figure that situation out. Uh, Virginia has lost two games that were surprising. Be interesting how Tony Bennett, you know, rebounds from that. And again, at the top of the charts in basketball, you know, teams continue to lose, so there's still a lot of parity left within the game. So it'd be interesting how college basketball continues to play out. But January is make or break year. Uh, make a break month as far as teams. You go 0-3, 0-4 in January, or 1-4. You pretty much know the season's pretty much over for you. And, team, you know, those teams tend to get an early start on recruiting. So kids who don't have anything and you're 2020 or people are just interest, 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 just keep out as this month progresses. As schools are eliminated from NCAA contention, especially 1B at conferences, those schools will begin to reach out to you, get a little more serious, start planning visits because they already know, like, they got to go ahead and start planning for next year to keep from repeating the performance of this year. So just understand January, February, there'll be a lot of recruitment movement for 2020 kids. Uh, most schools want to get rid of those those scholarships so they can go ahead and start focusing on 2021 and uh, start moving forward with that. So don't don't lose hope yet, 2020 kids. You got to April, and a lot of schools do a heavy recruitment in late January, February, March, and then you assign your letter in 10 in April, and then they will move on to the 21 class in April and start, you know, trying to rebuild there. So that's all we got for today's episode. Missed you guys. If you have any questions, concerns that you want me to address, always, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook kids competing in high school look forward to watching you play guys girls coming to trial for team felton we're now part of adidas uh that'd be a new change for us but we're looking forward to building again with adidas that's where it originally started 
Um, so going back home, so to speak, see how this works out, um, put a good product on the floor. And uh, those needing help with recruiting, also send me an inbox and hopefully we can get something put together for you, get you a good, honest assessment, and then see what goes on from there. But until next time, keep ascending.